0: If you're listening, you're probably a Patriot fan. So why not take it a step further? Join the Heritage Football Foundation, the the behind-the-scenes people who make the Patriots go, the team behind the team. To join, just drop us a note on Facebook, Heritage Pat Football. Doesn't take a lot of money, doesn't take a lot of time, but it does take some heart. Let's talk. Building a winning tradition is more than just winning football games. It's about building young people. The Heritage Football Foundation is where it starts. We're back. I'm Dean Jackson with Casey Colkman, head coach of the Heritage Patriots, as we continue Sons of Liberty. This is the inaugural edition, and we're going to continue to add elements, but we wanted to keep this informal, a, a casual conversation with the coach himself, Casey, did you ever think you were going to come back to Heritage? Was that ever a goal?
1: Uh, um, I guess the short answer is no. I mean, I didn't. I didn't think necessarily I'd be at Heritage. Um, I think be, there came a point in my life when I realized that I didn't really, uh, I didn't really care where I was as long as I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. If that makes sense. Um, so in terms of where I was or where I was going to be, I just wanted to make sure I was doing the work that I was called to do, you know? And so really that's the short of it. You know, um, I went to a a wedding coach, homeowner's wedding last summer, ran into coach Yeager. Um, We've kept tabs over the years and coach is a great man. And he, he had said something to me, you know, about if I ever get a chance, you know, come back to heritage or, you know, those things. And I was like, you know, coach, you know, we'll see, whatever, you know, and um, and I was still, at that time, I was still at Doinger and happy, and we, I was fine. Coaching career was fine. You know, all those things are good, but my son was gone. Alex was had graduated and is, was on his way to Purdue. So, you know, my wife and I were just, we were unsure of what our next step was going to be. So we didn't feel like we had any answers last summer, so we stuck with Bishop Doinger, um, I had a lot of respect for coach Garrett and the coaches on that staff were just awesome, awesome men. So I really had a, had a good bond there, had a good group of guys that I, I trusted and loved and, um, still love, but, um, I loved being around. <clears throat> so I stayed for a year, but then at the end of last year, it was just, we definitely both felt, um, we needed to go. And my biggest resistance, I just didn't, I kind of, maybe I was being a little stubborn, you know, maybe I felt like I paid my dues. I, I, Taken over a couple of programs that had struggled and rebuilt them, and and tried to do my best there. And I feel like we did a, a above average job at Northside and Bluffton. At least got those programs um, kind of back into shape, so to speak, competitive. Um, so I felt like I'd done that. I thought maybe my next phase was to you know was to get a a, a big time job, quote unquote, you know, like a, a Homestead or a Carroll or a Snyder or a Dwinger or you know, or maybe something a little farther out, you know, a program that was already
0: established. Let me say it that way. A blue chip and, program. Uh, what's that? A blue chip program.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, there was one night, I think it was the night before the deadline, to submit your name for the Heritage job. And my wife looked at me and says, Casey, I think I think we need to go. And I just went, what are you talking about? I knew what she was talking about. <laughs> in, my heart, I was like, in my heart, I was like, oh." But I had to be honest with her and tell her that I was feeling the same thing. I was just, for whatever reason, I was just being selfish. I think, you know, I just didn't want to come to realize that. And so...
0: Let me stop you right there. Guys, married guys, guys who are dating, this is a reason why you need to listen to her because she has wisdom and it makes life a lot easier. Now you can continue.
1: Yeah, well, life a lot easier. I just, that's one of the things I think that struck the coaches that I'm with now at Heritage was my interest in, you know, they're, are they married? Are they not married? Are they engaged? What's their wife's name? How many kids do they have? I mean, those are some of the first questions that I asked them before we ever even started talking about football and X's and O's. And I think it surprised them a little bit. And I, you know, I learned that lesson the hard way. You know, and so <clears throat> my wife is very much a part of what we're doing at Heritage. She's a part of some of the decisions. You know, not all, but some, especially when it comes to the scheduling and planning of things. Um, You know, we're trying to work out our summer vacation right now, and she's all, you know, all about, okay, well, when are you doing this and when are you doing that? And I'm like, honey, I don't know yet. We don't, we don't know exactly, you know, so just those things. And I don't, there's no other way you should do it. I'm going to tell you, anybody that hears this ever for perpetuity, you know, is that the right word? (laughs) However long this lasts, I'm telling you, if you're going to coach, you make sure your wife is 100% in step with what you're doing when it comes to coaching. If not, it's going to be a,
0: going to be bad for your relationship so and if you're not coaching you probably still need to do it too
1: right (laughs) true um no but then you know back to heritage we went and we both said hey well just because i'm gonna interview for the job doesn't mean they're gonna give it to me you know so then we just had the mindset that if they decide to hire somebody else then maybe we were wrong we weren't supposed to be at heritage and we'd reevaluate and go from there but that didn't happen they offered and then off we went
0: when you talked to Coach Yeager after getting the job, what did he tell you?
1: Um, you know, I haven't really. I haven't spoke to him. I mean, let me think.
0: What do you think he would tell you?
1: Well, I've no, I've communicated with him. I don't. I can't remember what it was though. Maybe it was an email. I don't know what form. I don't think we actually spoke like over the phone or anything. I think he sent me an email. I can't remember exactly, Dean. But um, just congratulating and you know, I think he was happy. You know, and I think any coach, like when when I have former players of mine that that succeed, whether it's as an athlete in college. I've had a couple that have actually played more, you know, beyond college. Um, or when they get into coaching, you know, I have several coaches that um, that are in the business now that played for me or, or I coached as a position coach along the way. You know, that always makes you feel good. You know, that, that you influence that person to such a degree that now they're doing the same thing that you love, you know, and Coach Yeager has <laughs> such a large part of his life. You know, was coaching was coaching football at Heritage. You know, I think it was uh, about thirty, close to thirty years that, that he was the head coach there, close to that, somewhere in that range. So, you know, a big part of his life, and I played
0: for him. And you know, I was an okay player.
1: You know, um, but regardless, just the fact that you know, hopefully, it makes his heart smile a little bit. So,
0: you know, you talk about the longevity of coaches, and we're gonna break away a little bit here. But you think of the ACAC and its heyday, Leland Etzler at Woodland. Bob Yeager at Heritage, Rick Manick at Adams Central, and the list could go on and on and on of coaches who Kirk stayed. With, Kirk of course,
1: at South Adams, yeah,
0: yeah. and, and long time assistants who stayed with those programs. You don't stay with programs just out of loyalty. I mean, that's key, but you don't stay there if there isn't something special about those communities. Right.
1: Well, it's part of the two. You find that it's you know you start to get a little bit older and picking up and moving and changing scenery is a little more of a challenge than it was when you were 22 years old and moving in and out of dorm rooms and, you know, moving couches and, you know, well, you'd you'd go coach at this school and next year coach to the next school and, you know, but you
0: start to get a little older and those things,
1: <laughs> things are a little more of a challenge. So,
0: Putting your clothing yeah. in, in uh, grocery bags instead of actual suitcases or boxes.
1: I know, right? <laughs> but, you know, and you think about that too, is it's funny you say that because almost every assistant, almost every head coach had that, quote, assistant that had been with him. You know, um, Barry was with Leland forever.
0: Or Ed DeLong. Yeah.
1: Ed DeLong. George Warmeister was with Bob Yeager forever. You know, I mean, just guys like that that, you know. Actually, I just saw well, I guess it would have been about three or four years ago, I saw Coach Warmeister. He was our defensive coordinator when I was there. He was helping with basketball at Southside um, when my daughter was a senior at So, yeah. Still see some of those guys. Pretty cool.
0: Coach Dean Lehrman, who coached at Woodland, who was uh, a math teacher of mine, was also, when I was at Woodland, was the baseball coach there, and I helped him a little bit. Helped is a very generous word, but he was your coach, and you've got him on your staff as well as his son.
1: Yeah, yeah. There was there were some people, you know, once once I made the decision to go for the job, then obviously your your mind shifts into, okay, when they offer you the job, right? So... I mean, you don't really even think about Plan B if they don't offer. You just get right into, all right. What do we need to do next? And so, a lot of that. Sorry about that. It's okay. A lot of that process is figuring out a lot of largely the vision, coaching staff, and where you're going to go. And so, you know, Coach Larrman's name was one of the first ones that was in my head about. um, I want to. I want to at least, at the very least, bridge that gap, if there is a gap there which I was unsure of. I really didn't know what the status was. At the very least, I wanted there to be a positive relationship between football and baseball, at the very least. Because, you know, kids kids that go to Heritage, this is my assumption and my belief. I could be wrong, but, you know, kids come to Heritage. Heritage is one of those programs, baseball-wise, that kids grow up thinking about playing baseball for coach. You know, he's, he's developed into one of those kind of of figures in the community, you know, and for good reason. You know, he's a, a very intelligent man, he graduated from there, you know, um, as coach coached there for the majority of his career. Um, I think since the mid I want to say since the mid eighties.
0: He about been eighty six or eighty eight. 86 or eighty seven.
1: Yeah. Is that that's yeah. So um you know he he was he came there and took over the head baseball program before I was even in high school, you know. So what I'm saying is that he he's earned that time he's put in and, and the reputation he's gotten. So people in the community have a lot of respect for Coach. You know he, he he coaches the game well. He was successful then for that stint that he took over the football program. You know, and the, it was the first sectional in a long time in this, for the school, and they went and played a I think a regional game that that season. Um, and obviously baseball with his with his uh, state finals appearance. You know, and so. You know, you take a small school, and I, I consider heritage a small school, maybe a rural school, but largely still. But, you know, you take a school like that far into the playoffs in any sport, and the community is going to support you, you know. And so the, the biggest point, though, was to make sure that baseball and football were friendly and then obviously basketball and football. And I knew Coach Gray from – he was a Boston for a year. So I wanted to bridge those two gaps. Um initially was trying to talk coach gray the head basketball coach into helping us as well um and that didn't work out but he's remained very you know open to our summer schedules to how we're doing our workouts and all those things and then was unsure about coach Lehrman and then uh, coach Hollinger had mentioned his son Derek and that Derek has some experience coaching wasn't currently coaching but was still helping out baseball etc so I just went to Derek and I said hey and he gave us some thought, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm all about it. Let's do it." And then I kind of felt a little bit more like maybe dad, like you know like Coach Larriman Dean would, would get on board, um, and he did, and that was good. And I'm kind of giving him a little liberty that I wouldn't normally give a coach. You know, him and my dad are getting uh, elder status, and that's with all due respect, you know, um, which just means that they get a little more flexibility in their schedule, you know,
0: from on a daily basis.
1: <laughs> they've they've earned it. They, those two men have earned it. So,
0: talk about your yeah, dad good, being on your coaching the staff. On board. Talk about your dad being on the what coaching. St- talk about your dad being on the coaching staff. It's
1: it's been interesting so far because you know I'll give you a, I'll give you a quick story. So my first experience as a head coach was 2004 at Northside. Okay, and Northside had just coming off a year of Europe being 0 and 10, and we're playing our first game that year was at Lures. We lost like 28 to seven. Our second game was at home, and we're playing Concordia. Um, And this is Concordia, you know, Dean Dorfler-Concordia. And they were still – I mean, they were competitive. They had made that run a few years prior, deep into the playoffs when his son – regardless, we're playing Concordia at home, first half, and we're sputtering. And I keep hearing this voice from the stands yelling, you know, either if I call a pass play, run the ball, or if if I'd run the ball – throw the ball. It would always be the opposite of whatever we just did. You know, the the typical Monday morning quarterback, you know, armchair quarterback stuff. And I keep in my head as the first half is going on, I'm thinking to myself, I know that. I know that voice. Who is that? Somebody shut that fool up. (laughs) Right. So I just happen to, as I call the play, I start to hear the voice and I whip my head around and make eye contact with my father. And it's my dad. It's, it's my it's my dad hollering at, at me from the fans which is just something my dad has always done you know he just hollers it whatever he didn't even
0: he's pretty unfiltered well yeah
1: it, which again he's earned the right he's in his 70s now he's a marine Vietnam vet you know give him a little leeway but we end up winning the game in in kind of dramatic fashion go for it on fourth down score a touchdown end up pulling away late and we win the game for our first the school's first win in like a season and a half. So dad comes down the field, he's all congratulatory, and I just look at him and I'm like, bro, you've got, you've got to stop hollering at me. He's all apologetic and he feels bad because he's not even really – I said, you know, that's me calling the plays, right? You know, it's not one of my assistants. That's me. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, and so my point is, though, I had said to him, you know, at some point you need to coach. You need to, you need to get an understanding of what this really is like. Preparing a team, you know, in the off season, and then during a game week, and then being on the sideline Friday night, and what really goes into trying to be successful on Friday night, and so even so far, like he's been in the weight room once before all this happened. You know, he kind of came through. Um, he's been at a couple, you know, all the coaches' meetings. and His response has just been like, "Wow, I didn't realize." And we, you know, we're not even getting ready for an opponent yet. This is all off season work, you know. So it's been, it's been fun. It's been you know good to give him a little perspective on things, too, you know.
0: We're going to take this break. We will be back. This is going longer than I thought, but this is good. But we'll be back right after this. Sons of Liberty, the Heritage High School football podcast with Casey Kochman. We'll be back right after this. Follow the Patriots on social media on Twitter: H H S Patriots F B H H S Patriots F B on Twitter on Facebook. It's Heritage Pat P A T, just like Point After Touchdown Football. Heritage Pat Football, your source for Patriot Football on social media on Twitter: H H S Patriots F B, and on Facebook Heritage Pat Football. Don't miss it. Information coming almost daily.